at uh, reunions, everything. So it should come as no surprise that, you know, I'm dancing. But I didn't always dance in front of people. It was in my room that I danced in my mirror. I would watch MTV and watch everybody do the cool moves, and I thought I was just, oh, you know? But the only person who ever saw me do that was my little sister, and she wasn't very supportive. She didn't want to do it. I forced her. It was fun. <laughs> and people would always tell me, you know, Chastity, you're dancing because it's a, it's a creative outlet. You're expressing yourself. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was just dancing because it was fun. And my mother has always, always, always never been a part of my life. You know, in and out, she's a drug addict, so she was never constant. And it was always my job to take care of my mother. She would leave us at home for days at a time, and I made sure my sister got to school, got a hair comb, had something to eat. Even when I didn't, I didn't go to school when my sister did. I just made sure she got there. And we ended up in a foster home because of that. You know, people found out we were home alone. Our very first foster home. Um, it was an older lady. She was close to 60. And we had a younger girl. She was deaf. Her name was Jasmine. And Jasmine was seven. You know how seven-year-olds seven year are. They're not always the best kids. And the lady I lived with, she, she drank a lot, tremendously. And she would hit Jasmine. And Chastity, the talkative, you know, you got to know what I know. I said something, of course, because, you know, that wasn't right. So I ended up moving to another foster home. The second foster home wasn't that much better, Miss Dorothy. She was different. She cooked meals, extravagant meals, chicken, potatoes, greens, and cornbread for her family. But when her family left, we got sausage and pickles. So she uh, was mean to my sister, and we had an argument, so I got kicked out of that foster home. And then the third foster home, the third foster home was the best that I had ever been in. Besides the fact that the lady had a problem with profanity, but we could get past that. And then after the, the third foster home, my grandmother adopted us officially. I had never spent time with my grandmother, so I had no idea that my grandmother was the person that she is. And seeing that, you know, I had nowhere else to go, there was nothing else I could do. It was just me struggling with this. And I would have nights where I couldn't sleep. I'd just sit up and cry and, and, and wonder, you know, where's my mom? Why can't I help her? I want to help my mother. I want to be with my mom. You know, I don't want them to take me away from her. I wish I was with her. You know, she, if they just let me help her, she'd be better. But I couldn't. And I couldn't say anything to my grandmother because she, didn't, she wanted me to hate my mother. She didn't want me to love my mother. Every time I talked to her about my mom, she hated it. She wanted me to call her mom. And I couldn't do that. So one night, I was in my room. I stayed up. I couldn't sleep. I got a notepad, and I started to doodle. This started out as just doodling. You know, I'm bored, I can't go to sleep, I'm doodling. And those doodles turned into words. Now, those words were my very first poem. It read, the difficult things always come first. In order to appreciate the good, you have to experience the worst. In a journey for love, you're destined to get hurt. But no matter how hard it gets, you have to make it work. The sun shines brightest only after rain. You can't expect joy without a little pain. Before you get props, you're going to have a few haters. They don't appreciate it now, but they'll love you for it later. In order to overcome and happily prosper, you must withstand the hard times in life. You can't go on not expecting any strife. But no matter what happens in life, you must persevere and remember that good times are always near. And I wanted to believe that, but I couldn't. That's what I wanted myself to believe. I wanted to believe, okay, I'm going through all of this because, you know, at the end of the rainbow, there's this leprechaun waiting for me with my mom and gold and happiness and... There wasn't. Then I joined the church dance team. And as I said before, dance was not a form of expression for me. Oh, but Monique changed that. She's our dance sponsor. She's right there. Uh, I learned that 
dance was a form of expression. It was a form of worship. And when I dance, I'm like, I'm in, this, I'm in this place with God. No one can touch me. Every move is breaking a stronghold. Lifting of the arms is just worship, and I feel liberated. I feel like there's nothing that can bring me down. Everything that I was struggling with, I'm taking it to Jesus, and I'm leaving it there. Nothing can bother me. It became that form of expression, and I felt good. And I started to com combine my poetry with my dance. So I had these two outlets, and I felt better. Things were bad, but I felt good, and that's all that mattered. I had my form of expression. I had my outlet. I had my freedom. And I'm here today to encourage you to find that freedom. I started high school. My very first dance class, it was super exciting. You know, I'm going to go in here, we get a boogie, and have fun, and do stuff that I'd never done before. The teacher's name was Mr. Callis, and that he was, Callis. We went in, and the moves were extremely mechanical, and I was, you know, I was, you know, we should, we should do something different, Mr. Callis. We could do this and this. No. This is how you're going to do it. This is how I teach it, and this is how you're going to learn it, and there's nothing you, can, nothing you can do about that. And I feel like that's what's happening t today a lot in schools, in programs, all kinds, drama, dance, art, everything. You're being limited. There's a certain way that the adults want us to do it, but they don't realize that we are the adults of tomorrow. And if they don't let us take the reins of these activities, what are they going to be in the future? They're not going to be here to mold it the way they wanted to. We should take a stand. So I'm encouraging my peers to take a stand. Go out and try something new. Even if you don't like it, try it. You know, you may love it. You may be a millionaire because you tried it. it may be, you may be like Beyonce, you know? Uh-oh, but you, know, you don't have to do that. But just in whatever field you choose, it's not the responsibility. And I'm not leaving adults out. Teachers, parents, neighbors, encourage children, both young and old, to get involved in something. Yeah, I know there are going to be things that they try and don't like, but you can't knock it until you try it. So don't limit them. Allow them to get involved. It doesn't have to be in a creative outlet. Just let it be something creative. Because I, I tried it and I loved it. And I just want you to know that there's nothing that we can't do. We are the people with the ideas. We are the people that are going to mold this world. So we need to start. So make the world how you want it, people. Bye. Thank you.